If you are digging back through the Photo Business Help Catalog, which you must be if you're hearing this message right now, keep in mind that technology changes and our offerings change. So any links that you might hear me mention during this episode you're about to hear may not work anymore. Make sure you head to photobizhelp.com forward slash links for all of our current links and offers. That's photobizhelp.com forward slash links and ignore the things that you hear in this episode today because they might be outdated. Everything you need is at photobizhelp.com forward slash links. And I remember having like a little point and click film camera as a kid. And I used to save up all my pennies of my, you know, allowance from my parents, my pocket money. It was either buying CDs or tapes at the time, I guess, or it was getting film developed. And it was usually the case that you'd go to the chemist and, and with my parents and I'd pour out this pile of coins onto the counter and be like, oh, I'm, you know, several pounds short, mom. <laughs> After over 10 years full-time as a lifestyle photographer, I've discovered eight things that every photographer should do to build and grow a strong photography business. If you would like to strengthen your business in 2021 and learn more about the eight things that have helped me build a solid photo biz, head to photobizhelp.com forward slash eight things. That's the number eight things. That's photobizhelp.com forward slash eight things to get your copy of the eight things that I've done over the last 10 years to build a successful lifestyle photography business. That's photobizhelp.com forward slash eight things. This is the Photo Business Help Podcast, a place for photographers who want to earn money with photography and live a better life. I'm your host, Natalie Jennings. Since going full-time in 2010, photography has brought me more freedom, income, and opportunities than I ever imagined. It's been so positive for me that I want to show you everything I know. You'll learn more than just businessy things, though, including my favorite ways to be mindful and happier on this journey. You're tuned into the Photo Business Help Podcast. My name's Natalie Jennings. This week is another listener story. I'm going to be talking with Louise Bicken about photography and art and music and her journey as an artist and a photographer. If you're interested in being a guest on the show and sharing your journey, your photo journey, send me an email, natalie at photobizhelp.com and let me know what you'd like to talk about. I started doing these listener stories because I realized not just because it's the pandemic, that hearing from each other and hearing where folks are inspired and where they're challenged and that we're all going through our own ups and downs on this photo journey is really helpful. And I've watched people connect with each other and make new friendships and uh, just be inspired through this. So that is what the listener stories are all about. I'm still doing my solo episodes, giving you business tips for photo business and all that good stuff. But you'll hear more and more interviews in 2021 as well. So once again, if you'd like to share your photography journey in an interview with me on the show, send me an email, natalie at photobizhelp.com. So as usual for interviews, this is a two-part interview with Louise. This is part one. Make sure you stay tuned for part two on Thursday. Without further ado, here is my interview with Louise Bicken. 
Well, hi, Louise. Thanks for joining me on the show. Thanks so much for having me. It's great to be here. <laughs> yeah, it's really great. To, so we haven't chatted in a, quite a long time. A long time. Yeah, it's been forever. I can't actually think of the last time that we would have It been. might have been in Scotland. Probably was. Yeah, it would have been probably well before I moved to the States, I would think. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And so maybe just take a second and do just a brief introduction. Mm-hmm. Let folks know who you are and what you're up to. Yeah, well, so I'm Louise Bicken. I grew up in Orkney, which is a group of islands in the north of Scotland, uh, a small group of islands, about 20,000 in population. And yeah, I grew up there and was surrounded by the gorgeous landscapes of of the islands and always inspired by that. And um, I grew up uh, surrounded by music as well. And so um, I grew up playing the fiddle uh, and always was interested in photography. And I then spent almost a decade in Glasgow. Uh, I lived in Glasgow. I studied at the Glasgow School of Art. I did um, visual communications, specialising in photography there. And then I found myself in Canada and the US for um, three months travelling and working on a project that um, ultimately got me uh, interested in studying music. And so I ended up in Boston studying at um, Berkeley College of Music for four years uh, and I stuck around there for a little bit after and I now find myself living in Maine. <laughs> so um, here I am. <laughs> That's great. Yeah. That's so cool. I think I met you through the like Scottish music scene yeah. folks, but then we connected on photography because yeah. I was, I think, hadn't been in my business too long. I had just been mm-hmm. starting out, if memory serves. Gosh, it's been a while. It's been ages. <laughs> <laughs> I know. Um, but we've stayed in touch, you know, on social and all that. Yeah. So sort of how did you get into photography and what, what does that look like for you uh, right now? Yeah, I mean, honestly, I, I think I've just kind of always had this obsession with capturing things as I see them and and I feel like that it comes from my from my grandmother I think in a way my granny was the same and I ended up doing a whole a whole project music and photography project about her story um called out of my own light but yeah she was she was the same she always had a camera and had all the family occasions and things and she would have the photos developed in an album with everything recorded all the who was in the photo the date all that kind of stuff yeah. you know immediately and and I, I think, I think part of my obsession with it comes from her as well. I, I definitely feel like she passed that on to me. Um, and I remember having like a little, you know, point and click film camera as a kid, and I used to save up all my pennies uh, of my my you know allowance from my parents, my pocket money, uh, to get films developed. It was either buying CDs or tapes at the time, I guess, or it was getting film developed. And it was usually the case that you'd go to the chemist and, and with my parents and I'd pour out this pile of coins onto the counter and be like, oh, I'm, you know, several pounds short, mom. <laughs> um, and so they would help me to get them developed. And so I always had like a, a bunch of spools like waiting to be developed. And it was just such an exciting thing to to get a roll of film back and, and see what was on there. Yeah. Um, and so it was like from a young age, I was always pretty interested in photography. And, um, you know, as I got older, the cameras got a little bit better. <laughs> <laughs> and then uh, when I was leaving school, um, I think I was 17 when I finished school in Orkney. And I, I was, you know, I was pretty torn between music and photography. Um, you know, I'd been playing the fiddle since I was about seven and was obsessed with that too. And 
really excited about the possibilities with that and where that could take me. And so when I was looking into universities in Scotland, um, there wasn't really anywhere you could go to do both. There, you know, just wasn't really a possibility. And so I was kind of, I just, I was really torn and I ended up spending a year in the Orkney College doing a an art portfolio preparation course. Um, I think it was like three days a week or something and you just kind of worked on building a portfolio to get into art school. And I think I kind of decided, well, if I if I enjoy this and if I can enjoy doing art, you know, every day for a year at the college, then maybe that's what I'll go and do. And I thought maybe if I did music, I wouldn't. I was just worried that with either one that I wouldn't enjoy it as much if I studied it. Um, I don't know. In the end, I, I decided, yeah, art school would be the thing for me. And as it turns out, it wasn't. <laughs> I didn't really have the best time at art school, but I also picked I picked Glasgow School of Art knowing that there was this incredible music scene in Glasgow. So I, yeah. I was already kind of, you know, I already was very much intending to get down there and mm-hmm. be playing music all the time, which I did. I was out in the pubs and I was playing gigs and I was meeting people and totally immersed in that incredible music scene in Glasgow. And, you know, by the time it came to my fourth year at art school and it was self-directed, I was barely going in. <laughs> I was so uninspired. Well, having just visited myself, that um, there's a magnetism to that scene. Yeah, it's great. You know, I I grew up playing trumpet and jazz trumpet, so I didn't. I really didn't sit in any sessions, but it was it was great fun, like Mm -hmm. meeting everyone and just that scene, just having a place to go to every night of the week and sit sit with folks and play yeah. tunes and stuff what an incredible thing yeah I mean you'd walk is. into the pub on your you go out on your own walk into a pub and just like know half of the people in there yeah even <laughs> I would great. and it yeah. was I didn't even live there you know it was yeah. really incredible it's, it's such a, a friendly inviting kind of a scene yeah so that was That's good really and so I'd, I'd really really did kind of immerse myself in that side of things and and so then uh, the art school I, I I just found it a really difficult environment and I wasn't very um I was I was less and less inspired and I was less and less confident by the time but I did I made it through and I got I got my degree and I was proud of the work that I did in my in my final year even if it resulted in a, a third class <laughs> degree and you know my my parents being like you should appeal <laughs> I yeah, kind of thought yeah. well you know I'm happy I made it through I uh, didn't quit well that's a big thing you know yeah and- it was an achievement to me <laughs> Yeah, no. And I just wanted to backtrack a little bit. You mentioned a a photography project that you did that was inspired by your grandmother. Mm -hmm. What was that called again? It was called Out of My Own Light. And that was really the first, that was the first thing that I did, like big kind of photography project, personal project, um, which involved music as well, that I did since leaving the art school. It was a few years after. um, And I'd had this, you know, I'd I'd visited Canada a couple of times, once with a school music group and once with my family. And I was really blown away especially when we drove through the the Rocky Mountains and I was blown away by Canada and I really wanted to go back and so that project it was kind of like my excuse to go back and spend some time Um, because my grandmother when she was 25 in 1950 she um, traveled to Canada's on her own as a young woman, which was sort of unheard of, especially at the time, there were bets on that she wouldn't come back. So um, she went and it was because she had had two men asking her to marry them. (laughs) And she had Ah. this monumental decision to make and just couldn't figure out what to do. There was a lot riding on either one. You know, there was the backstory was she 
lost her sister. Uh, she died in childbirth, and her sister's husband was one of these men who was asking my granny oh, to my marry gosh. her, sort of five years after the death. Okay. Um, she, she had, you know, this. She was helping to raise this child. Um, she was around a lot, and and so he he was very interested. <laughs> yeah. Um, and they were good friends, of course. And so I, I think, sure. yeah. So that was one, and the other was somebody who wasn't from Orkney and wanted her to, you know, follow him wherever the work was kind of thing. And that might not have even been in Scotland. It might have been abroad. Um, and for someone very much a home buddy like Sorkini and didn't really want to leave, that was a big decision too. And so she decided to go visit her relatives in Canada who she'd met her first cousins during World War Two when they were um, on leave from the Canadian Army. They came to visit Orkney because they were stationed throughout Europe. Um, three three uh, male cousins and then her two female cousins who were still in Canada. She was excited to actually meet them and meet her aunt and uncle. So she spent six months out there, three months longer than originally planned because she wasn't allowed to go back until she decided. <laughs> Oh my gosh. Yeah, they wouldn't let her leave. <laughs> so so the project was sort of following the footsteps, you know, retrace where she went, meet all these relatives um, who five of the, the six cousins were all still around at the time. They've sadly passed on since, but um, they were all in their 90s and had tons of stories and just really a lot to tell me, um, even though they all sort of like, oh, so long ago, I don't remember. And then I'd be sat for five hours <laughs> with the recording yeah. device on just yeah, listening. Yeah. So I wrote music and I I, did, did, I took a lot of photographs on on the journey and and some video as well and I kind of put together this big body of work along with with an album of of music with a a book um, I worked with a a bookmaker in Glasgow who um, hand printed uh, a, l a limited edition of I think we did twenty five of the books to go That's along with really it. That's really cool. Well, yeah. we'll have to link to any of that info that you yeah, have definitely. in the there's, show notes. Yeah, there's a website for that one. Very cool. So it sounds like it sounds like you're inspired, obviously, by story, definitely, and um, storytelling. Yeah. Is there anything else that really inspired you to want to take photos aside from like that connection? You know that you, that sort of innate from your grandmother. Yeah, but, um, I mean, I think I've just always been obsessed with like with landscapes, and and that I, I was really into landscape photography growing up, and actually was pretty terrified of portraiture until I was sort of forced into it at the art school gladly <laughs> um, and and then I, I really kind of fell into photographing musicians just because I knew so many and I sure. think my friend Rachel Rachel Hare had said oh are you up for taking some pictures of me I've got this album I need to take pictures for and I was like okay I guess I'll give it a go and from there just like I've exploded into you know yeah, traipsing yeah. around the world taking pictures of musicians which is great <laughs> that's great um, I really really enjoy it and now I, I really really enjoy portraiture a lot and I think it was just really it was just a, a shyness and a confidence thing at, at first but I've still of course I really I really love landscape photography and that kind of thing but um I think just growing up in a place as beautiful as Orkney and, and Scotland in general I just I f just find a lot that I want to capture <laughs> um yeah. yeah oh gosh and Scotland is so beautiful I really can, is, you know yeah. I can see why landscape would be one of the first things that yeah. inspired you yeah definitely Absolutely. and I was just I was into art in general I was really into to like I worked with oil pastels a lot as a teen mm -hmm. and in school and and painting and I, I've always kind of been obsessed with with just all different art forms really and, and photography was just the one that kind of stood out and was always um 
you know, I guess it's just easy to carry a camera around and <laughs> yeah, I just always have this itch to to photograph and capture the things that I see. I often find myself driving by a scene and just so frustrated that I don't have time or can't stop or there's nowhere to stop. Right. <laughs> oh my gosh. And I've, I've spent a lot of time driving around the States and Canada and, you know, mm-hmm. all around North America. And I'm the same way where if I'm on the wrong road where it's like impossible to stop yeah. when I see something it's definitely frustrating yeah it is or if you're with people that are just like rolling their eyes as she wants to stop and take pictures yet again <laughs> yeah <laughs> totally 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 so you're in Maine now and obviously it's been a, a wild year but what would you uh say is inspiring you you know now that you're in a totally new place and um what kind of photos are you taking these days I want to say I've been taking, well, last year, yes, I, I took a lot because, well, before we moved to Maine, we didn't really have a place for a little while there. And my partner and I bought an old Volvo and built um, like a platform bed in that and got a, a fold up mattress that went in there. And we hit the road. We went to California and back. There was, you know, there was a, a reason for it. we were working on uh, an album of his with uh, fiddle player Daryl Langer, who lives in California. And so, there was some pre-production to be done, but you know we didn't have anywhere to stay, and we'd been sort of dreaming of seeing some of these national mm. parks in this humongous, diverse, gorgeous country. And yeah. um, having all this time, we we just hit the road and we stayed in national forests and national parks and found all the quiet trails and avoided people for as much as we could. And um, I have this little kind of fun side project that started a bunch of years ago called Fiddle Cam, where I take yes. pictures and yes, videos yes, yes. down the this neck is of what, the fiddle. <laughs> this is totally like, what I, yeah. I followed and I was like, oh, we got to talk about this. Yeah, it's, so, it's cool. so fun. It was just, I mean, it started out life was me holding my phone, looking down the neck of the fiddle as I was in a session playing with a bunch of people and pretending with my my uh, left hand. And then somebody bought me a GoPro. So they were like, I love this idea. I'm going to buy you a GoPro. <laughs> Insisted oh, on that's so buy cool. me a GoPro, which is really sweet. And so I, I um, yeah, I clipped this GoPro onto my fiddle and, and then kind of got into like why why don't I take pictures this way as well and so you know every time I'm out anywhere beautiful or playing with other musicians I'll take little videos playing a tune and take a lot of pictures with that perspective of looking down the neck of the fiddle as a fiddle player and so this trip was like a brilliant opportunity for me to I took so many pictures <laughs> Yeah. So many pictures oh and gosh. so many little fiddle cam videos, and it was absolutely incredible. We we like we managed to see I think ten national parks and a bunch of beautiful national forests and that kind of thing as well. Um, and we just you know I carried my fiddle and my camera and a couple of lenses and my GoPro and all the usual hiking supplies as well. Everywhere I went, we hiked up beaches up like the bank, big steep banks of the beach in in Washington State. We <laughs> all sorts of crazy hikes and I took my fiddle everywhere that's amazing <laughs> and people were all sort of looking at me like what's she carrying on her back there yeah. <laughs> and I get my fiddle out and play and you know sparks of joy I think so amazing. <laughs> it was really fun it was absolutely incredible so I, I, I'm still working my way through all that that footage um there's there's a lot <laughs> I take a lot of pictures so there's that but since we moved to Maine um I haven't you know it's winter I haven't really been out all that much um a wee bit out in the snow but you know all this time and I'm not touring and playing music as I would Mm -hmm. be normally so I'm at home so now I've actually got really excited about other 
art processes that I hadn't tried before. So I've been getting into a bit of lino printing. Um, I bought some supplies to try some screen printing, which I'm excited oh, about. Oh, cool. You know, and what I should do is just like, we should leave that and then pick it up in the next part. And sure. we can kind of dig into it a little Great. bit. Yeah, totally. Yeah, yeah. Okay, cool. Well, if you're listening into this episode, you'll want to hear part two of my interview with Louise. And I hope you have a wonderful rest of your day. Thank you for listening. I hope you enjoyed part one of this interview. A quick reminder, if you are just starting out in photo business or you're a few years in and you feel like you're hitting a little bit of a wall, I've put together a little freebie called Eight Things to Grow. And these are the eight things that I've found have helped me since I started Jennings Photo back in 2010 and still continue to help me. So it's sort of a starting point, a jumping off point if you're feeling a little bit lost. These are eight things that you can check off, checklist style, just to make sure that you are going in the right direction. So go to photobizhelp.com forward slash eight things. That's the number eight things to get your free copy. I will be back with part two of Louise's interview on Thursday. Remember, in everything you want to achieve, consistency is key.